evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Millennial Guide. My name is Brooke, and I'm your 26-year-old millennial gal out here living my best life. And I'm here to help give you the tips, tricks, and tools to live your best life. And today, as promised, I have an extra special guest. He has a he is a man that has been in my life forever, ever since the day I was born. And if you don't know him, you will now. He is the man, the myth, the legend, my dad, Craig Smith. And he is one of my heroes. And I look up to him in so many different ways, so many different aspects. He is a smart man when it comes to business, when it comes to life. He's given me so many fun and also useful life tips. Like, I don't know, if you're gonna break big rules, don't break the small ones. Strangers have the best candy. The list goes on and on, it's all good. But he's he's got a lot to say and I'm bringing him on the podcast today because he, like I said, he's been so influential and I want him to talk about one of the most kind of influential, my, what, uh, sorry guys, one of the most influential aspects of why I wanted to start the Millennial Guide is because he's an entrepreneur. He's much more than an entrepreneur to me, but ultimately he has his own business that him and his previous partner, Russ, started from the ground up. I got to see it as a 10-year-old girl answering the cell phone whenever he was in the shower or cutting the grass. And they really, really did. They built something amazing. And I look up to him in, like I said, more than just business. But that's what I'm bringing him here to talk about. And I also want him to give you some life advice because he's got good tips on that too. Um, But to start out, Dad, I want you to say to my listeners... And it can be it could be about anything. What is something that you want them to know about me that they probably don't know? Well, they may know about you because of this podcast a lot. So I don't know exactly what to add other than if they don't know already, and we talked about it earlier, you're relentless, you're determined, and you would go to no end till you accomplish whatever it is you set your mind to accomplish. And as it was in our younger days, you were wanting to get your back handspring for cheerleading and, and, and everything like that. And you did it and it was hard and you hurt, you hurt yourself and you, you broke cell phones as you were trying to videotape your, your, your kicks and your jumps and your back handsprings and, but you didn't quit. And, uh, that's, that's you, you, you do not quit. And, uh, So if they don't know that, um, this podcast will last for the rest of your life because you just will not quit doing it. So (laughs) if they miss something, they'll catch it again in like eight years, I'm sure. But yeah, that's, that's what, that's what you're in for here, guys. Thank you, dad. And he, he's not lying about that. I mean, you know, yeah, I would, I had a system where I would prop up cameras and cell phones on the windowsill ledge and I'd watch myself doing toe touches and back handsprings. And, and he had this whole thing where we would be out in the front yard and he's, he said he would give me a hundred dollars if I wanted to do a back handspring. And I tried and tried and, you know, almost broke my neck about 72 times. Probably. I, I don't think I eventually got a hundred dollars, but I did eventually, you know, learn how to do a back handspring. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of life tips and a lot of life advice and, I really, you know, I admire him in so many ways. And if I told you all the ways, I would probably cry. But um, I I want him to tell you, A, what some 
awesome tips that he's learned in life and B, kind of what it takes to be an entrepreneur, a little bit about his story and um, how he got to where he is because he's an amazingly successful man that I look up to. Well, thank you again, Brooke. I don't know exactly how to discuss this and I did not know what topic we were talking about ahead of time, but that's okay. Um, the, the thing about being an entrepreneur is you have to have that desire, but it's not enough. I wanted to do it when I was Brooke's age, but I, I, I put it off and I was raising a family and stuff like that until later in life at the age of, um, my late forties, um, until it actually started. But I realized how hard it is, uh, to, to accomplish that. I mean, there was plenty of doubt. There was plenty of times I wanted to quit. There was plenty of times that, you know, it, it was just, it was not much fun and, you know, but that's just part of the, the whole challenge. And I've heard others say it, but you better decide when you decide to do a business that you're going to burn your bridges. You're going to go all in. You're going to do this because you, if you have an exit strategy, you will, you will get, you'll take that off ramp. So don't have one. Uh, first, first advice, uh, be determined and stick with it. And sometimes businesses just come together and franchises is an option that is pretty much handed to you with a successful, potentially a very successful way of doing it. But if you do it like we did, we started in, in where we're at in this room at, at my home and we started this business with two of us. Uh, it's actually an ambulance company and uh, it's it's located you know, in uh, Dayton, Ohio. But um, we decided to start it with me and a partner had uh, no experience and um, we just we had business experience but we were not paramedics or EMTs or anything like that but we knew there was a huge need especially several years ago with the aging population and um, him and I just we went for it and we never looked back and it, it did go pretty easy for us even though sometimes it is hard and you do want to quit but in our case it, everything was just you're looking for reasons to quit and in our case we didn't have any so we kept going and we were very successful though we didn't make any money for the longest time but we just kept at it and kept at it and we knew we would eventually get there and we did so um that would be the one advice always be ready to follow through no matter how, how hard it does get but um with your plan if you pick an easier path than just starting from the ground up like we did it's not it can it can be an easier process than what we did but we, we did it the hard way and I mean, it was really, truly amazing because it was think about and, you know, if you're a millennial, you were probably young at the time. But during, you know, the 2008 recession, it was after that. And it really was. It was like I remember because I grew up with just this man right here, us two in the house. And he said, hey, you know, I'm going to start this and it's going to be tough, but we're going to do it. We're going to get through it. So get ready. And I said, okay, you know, I didn't really have a choice, but I was on board and I was there. And, uh, yeah, it was with a couple desks in here. I think I was doing QuickBooks at the age of like 13, <laughs> answering the phone to Sally Mae that needs to go to the doctor's appointment. Her birthday's 1932 and you know, she's got Medicare or something. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to take the best notes that I could. Um, but yeah, so dad, kind of kind of tell us about your your process of okay, so it was the beginning and then how to kind of scale and grow and what it what was like the the steps forward that you took from sitting right here in this room with 
two, three employees and kind of, okay, now we got to buy a building. Okay, now we're, you know, we're moving into a bigger building. Now we got to buy more ambulances. And, and this is one of the things that I truly admire about my dad, guys, is he is a street smarts man. He's not going to, you know, he might not go out and buy the flashiest ambulance on the market, but he's going to buy one that's efficient and that gets the job done and, you know, take those stepping stones that really were smart decisions because he's not, you know, having all this overhead. He's not having all this money and fancy flashy equipment. He was getting it done in a nitty gritty way that it, I mean, it proved to pay off. So kind of walk us through that, dad. Okay. Um, in the beginning, we well, we started the business in this house here, so didn't have to rent a lease or buy a building, and we couldn't afford to if we wanted to. Um, this room was a rec room, so to speak, but we turned it into an office with a little help and, um, you know, changing some windows around and just up, updating some things. And then we began uh, to uh, have a plan, and my business partner, Russ, at the time, he was really smart and still is, but he was really good at numbers. And I came from a sales background. So between the two of us, it really helped us understand that you you have to you have to have a good balance of if, if both of you are good at the same things, if you're going to have a partner that is, then you you may be lacking one thing that the other person doesn't have. So that that was a benefit for us. Um, and the other thing was we bought used. So, uh, we started out with wheelchair vans, not ambulances. And we looked online, we looked around, we drove to other cities, we test drove and, um, we bought cheap used wheelchair vans and we continued to do that throughout the whole time. Actually, we've never bought anything new, uh, until last year or so except for one one wheelchair van we did buy new but last year we bought five new ambulances for the first time and um that was uh that was a unique experience and a very expensive experience and it's the kind of experience that can put you out of business if you spend that kind of money in fact we had people call us and say hey do you want to buy my van or our vans because we can't afford them and we're going out of business very nice vans we'd love to have them but we didn't want to do the same thing they did, buy that van and go out of business in a year. So we didn't do it. So we bought used and we continued to uh, work with what you could afford. Hey, figure out how to figure out how to do the internet. You know, figure out how to put yourself on Google. Figure out how to make people recognize you from California when they look in Ohio because they've got a company that needs to transport somebody in this area. And they, they call us on the phone and, you know, they don't know how big we are, how small we are. They just know we do it. And we showed up, we showed up on, on, online. So that was a great help to us uh, buying um, inexpensive equipment, going out of our house um, really helped. And to me, it was, that made it a little bit less stressful because we didn't have any debt. In fact, we have very little debt at this, to this point. Uh, as a company, we've always been that way, debt free. We didn't we didn't put a lot of money into it. Um, we we had it. We had both agreed how much money we had we would put into it, but we didn't really spend it uh, except for payroll or uh, just things that we needed. But for the most part, from the moment the company made money, we just put it right back into the company, and then we we, we used that to to make it. Um, and that's partly why also we didn't get any checks for a long time. I, we went two and a half years without getting paid. 
to be honest with you, but we did that for a reason. You know, we, we, we were, we stayed lean. Uh, I was still working a little, another job and, uh, my partner had, uh, he had had a business in the past so he could afford to, to not get paid for a while so um we did we did that and as it grew and the money started coming in we could pay ourselves and then once we could start paying ourselves then it really as brooke was good and ready to go to college actually it really changed and we could really pay ourselves because now it's like wow we've made you know you, you kind of get to a point where you make it so but we still didn't change. We, we, we still bought used equipment and we still worked out of this house until we moved into a, a place down the street that we leased um, very cheaply and until we bought a building in 2015. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that was kind of um, amazing for me to watch growing up. And I've always kind of been interested in business things in my life and um, really kind of watching my dad go through this and watching, you know, them grow and grow and be successful. And really, it's kind of you're you're betting on yourself. And if you do have a partner, you're betting on the other guy, too. And I think it's what the statistics one in three business new businesses fail. Is that it or? There's a different time frame. In fact, you should look at it. Everybody who's thinking about starting a company should look it up and understand what you're up against. And I, I don't know the actual number, but it's like one in five, one in 10 or within so, within the first year, so many cl close within five years, th this percentage closes and stuff. But I would advise you to look at that, but then forget about it. Because if you're thinking about not making it, you're not going to make it. I, we didn't really look at that. We didn't care about that. We, I mean, people would tell it to us and they, and we'd be like, Oh, that's great. We don't care. Cause we're not, we're not, that's not enough. That's not in our mindset. Our mindset is keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye. And, and not the prize is not money. The prize is being here for another day. The prize is taking good care of the people who work for you. The prize is taking care of the patients in our case, or the people who buy your product or use your product. That's the prize. You keep that as your forefront you'll be fine. But if you, if you don't and, and you watch your spending, you'll be okay. If you don't, you, you can still make it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's a little bit tougher if you don't keep your eyes on why you're doing it, the people who are helping you do it and not worry so much about how much money I'm making or stuff like that, because, uh, that's kind of the wrong approach. But as far as uh, businesses not making it, Brooke, I can't tell you it, it's there's there's real numbers to that but um I, I don't care you know we just keep going right so and that's exactly what i love about my dad <laughs> and that's what he's you know he's really instilled in me and it's funny because i had somebody just last night at my brother's wedding saying you know how much i am like him but it's it's because of those types of advice that it's like I, you know, I believed that I could up and move to Virginia Beach by myself 10 hours away. Like, I, I believed in myself. I was like, yeah, sure. Why why can't I do it? You know, <laughs> why not? And my sister even said the, th the same thing when I was getting ready to move away. She pointed at my dad and she said, you created this. You did this. And it's because of that mindset right there. Yeah, sure. You know, I could have moved away and totally crashed and burned and fell on my face and even when I had an internship in Florida, didn't know anybody, pretended like I did, but I didn't know anybody, didn't know how the heck I was going to get an apartment for three months, like literally had no clue and just went on a whim. But it's it's because of that mindset. And it's, you know, that's what we're all about here at the Millennial Guide, as you guys know, is 
it's the power of not just the cheesy power of positivity. It's the power of believing in yourself and believing that, you know, things will work out for you and that things are, you know, things are meant to work out and you get out what you put in. And if you truly believe in yourself, if you truly believe that you can do something and you can make an incredible business, you can make an incredible product, you can take care of your people and serve your customers in the right way, you will be successful. And, you know, and it's it's been amazing. I've seen it here firsthand. And I think a lot of times, too, um, people kind of get getting this wishy-washy of, oh, I'm going to half-ass something. Oh, I'm going to halfway do it. And just like my dad said in the beginning, you know, you, he said, you got to you gotta go all in. You can't go halfsies. You can't just pretend like you're going to start something. You can't start and stop and keep going and whatever. You really, you have to put the pedal to the metal when you say you're going to do something. And just like um, I had a previous episode, I forget the exact name, but in talking about the words I'm going to or I want to. Those are wishy-washy type of words. You got to have that conviction. You got to have that steadfast mentality. And like I said, I've seen it. They've they've grown since 2009. Was it 2009? I think. Yep. Um, and it's really, truly been amazing. And so now for the fun part, I want to ask my dad what the best like celebratory times of business he has had through this Um and kind of what what he really enjoyed of it and what he's gotten out of it because you know he's getting older he's still in the game but he's <laughs> he's had a he's had a lot of years to ponder on this so well one of the first things and we were still in this house and i would see people driving up with new cars um that they had bought now i don't know if they were brand new or, or used or whatever but um, we also had a ton of cars in my driveway and ambulance or not amb- well, ambulances and wheelchair vans, but I would see people showing up and I'd be like, wow, these people are buying cars because they work for me. These people are talking about buying homes because they work for me. And it's like, wow, that's, that's a great feeling because it's like, I always worked for somebody else. I, I always bought a car because somebody else bought it for me or whatever. And, and, and to have that, that was a great uh, feeling of knowing that. Now you're the one that is providing a job, an opportunity, and hopefully they love their job and they're having fun and then blah, blah, blah. I want everybody to enjoy what they do, but they're actually living their life based on this pay they're getting and this job that they're doing. Um, and it was, it was, it was an eye opening thing when, and it's a little scary and it makes you, it makes you realize you, you can't mess around here. If you, if you, if you have issues and you go out of business, everybody who's working with you, now you're affecting them. And that would scare me. If I and I would even say back then, I go, I don't even know if I'd work for this company <laughs> because I knew the truth. I knew we were, you know, personally not getting paid. They were, but we weren't. I knew that, you know, we we started from basically nothing in my home, and I believed in it, and I still do, and I know it was the right thing to do. But it was it was like, wow, these these things are happening, and people are actually depending and building their lives and coming to work. And we had some great people, and we still do. But uh, the other big accomplishment is when we bought our own building, um, the, the only building we own. But um, that was a huge step for us to come from this room in my house to, you know, a, a, a brand new, well, brand new for us, remodeled building in uh, 2015 that we um, still own. And we will always own that. Um, the business still operates out of it. But um, 
you know, it was uh, it was a great accomplishment to know that uh, our company has provided for so many people, provided for myself and my partner, and you know, to the to the tomb where we can now go out and buy a building, remodel it, and you know, have a presence in in, in this town of. Uh, several ambulances and wheelchair vans and everybody sees us all over the place and they know we're open and we're for business and and, and we're, we're we've been doing this for a while and now it's like yeah that's that's probably that's that's pretty cool but i think getting the building brook was was the big thing that kind of like wow i can't believe we just we just did this so but yeah and that was that was really cool and it was a ribbon cutting moment and i even got to help pick out some of the colors and some of the decals and stuff and so it was a lot of fun watching that and um you know i think i think one of the the cool things also to say that i was kind of thinking about when he was talking was um you know even if you even if you're not there yet even if you're not in the we're in this nice shiny new building phase if you're in that room in your house you gotta walk the walk you gotta you even if you're not quite walking the walk you gotta figure out how to make people think you are walking the walk you know you gotta and it comes out of the words that you say out of your mouth you know if you treat your business or your idea like oh yeah i've just got this little hobby you know i'm doing this thing on the side or whatever it is you're you're not giving people the confidence in your company and in your business and in you as an entrepreneur, you're not giving people the confidence to invest in you, whether it's their time, whether it's their money, whether it's, you know, buying something from you, you, you've got to kind of walk the walk, even if you're not quite there yet. And, um, dad, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking of maybe you could speak on when you would go to meetings at Panera, when, you know, you guys would talk and there was, you know, you were still at the house, but it was like, oh yeah, we'll meet at Panera. And nobody knew the size of your company. Like you said, you know, they could call from California. Yeah, sure. We'll be there. Well, yeah, it was kind of a ploy we did. We'll call it a ploy. That's basically what it is. We, we would not, I felt, I don't know. I'll just, I felt a little different about telling people to come to my house and sit down and do an interview, a job interview. Cause it's like, this is my house. It just seems weird. Strangers coming here and sitting at our little table and we got two desks and it's like, are you really running a business here or what are you doing? So we would start, we started out trying to do as many things as we could at Panera. It's like we would meet with potential um, customers that would like want to use our uh, service. And then we would also do interviews and try to hire as many people as we could to, um, come work for us but we we started out there in a kind of a familiar area for a lot of people they go to Panera and stuff like that so um that, that was kind of the thing we did it for that reason but it was also it was kind of neat when people did start coming here and and you know come basically come knock at the door pull in the driveway knock at the door and say yeah I'm here for a job interview and I'm like and they didn't care they just they just assumed and accepted and I guess it was, it's more yourself, or at least myself, I should say, thinking, this is weird. And they thought nothing of it. They're like, this is a good job. This is a good opportunity. I'm willing. I don't, you know, they're starting out. I get it. And, and people understood we're, we're just starting out. So that's, that's how you do it. And uh, in that book, I remember Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we've talked about that. 
they uh they have episodes where people are coming to the home and you know the rich dad is, is trying to uh talk about all this work that needs to be done and stuff like that and he's running it out of his home because he doesn't want to spend the money to buy an office and to pay for all that so in my mind i knew that was the right thing to do and financially we had to do it but uh you know it was it was it was unique to uh have people come into this little room to sit down and talk about a job uh so we did do a lot of panera meetings and stuff yeah and i always think about that and i think that's you know it's such a cool thing to whether it was at the house or whether it was at panera people yeah people wanted to come work for them and they wanted to kind of join the party of just getting started and they understood what they were getting into but at the same time um you know my dad and russ too they they really they had that conviction and that personality to be able to say okay these people are going to believe in us so you know we got to walk the walk we got to talk the talk we got to keep going we got to keep moving forward and i think that's really powerful and I'm going to use that um, to transition into our last couple minutes here because <laughs> I know <laughs> I didn't give my dad any heads up on uh, what we were going to talk about today because I wanted it to be authentic and, you know, off the cusp. So um, now I just kind of want to step into a little bit of like the life side of things. And dad, what would you tell just from your experience? And, you know, he's raised four kids, five kids. He's He's really kind of and he's had his own unique life experiences that have shaped him and have also shaped me. And um, I kind of just want to want to hear what you would tell my my millennial guide followers and listeners about just life. What do you want to What do you want to tell life advice? Well, that's a that's a big topic. Maybe several years from now, you can ask me again. But um, I don't know. I as I was growing up, uh, had a unique lifestyle um my mom pretty much raised me because my dad passed away young when i was only seven and um we moved around a lot so i kind of you know you, you learn a little bit every time you move and stuff how to, i think part of the thing i learned is how to how to blend in with people when you're a stranger or an outsider uh you can stay a stranger or an outsider or and which i didn't like because I, I don't like being by myself necessarily or not having friends so i tried to figure out I could be funny or whatever, street smart, Brooke, like you said, and, and and try to work around my situation of moving from place to place. So whatever life deals you, I guess that's what I would recommend you you, you kind of if you if you like where you're at, stay where you're at, enjoy where you're at, and love where you're at. But if you don't, you want to change it, you gotta change it. It's up to you. So you can you can read about it, you can focus on it, you can, you know, and it's not always gonna work out great uh, every time. But, uh, you know, that was my life advice. And then, you know, as I got older, I, I actually uh, got through school and went into college, had no real direction, but um, went to a junior college again, something I could afford and or a community college actually wasn't a junior college. And then to uh, a four year degree after I transferred. So, but I got a degree in uh, health and physical education. So it's like, how are you going to get a job in health and physical education being a teacher? Because they were cutting those jobs back then. It's like, you know, what are you going to do with this? So I guess you, you know, making lemonade out of lemons or whatever. I, you know, I did have a four-year degree. It took me a while to get it, but I got it. I left school with no debt. So that was great. So all through life, you got to, it's going to get, stuff's going to do, come your way. You got to deal with it. But, you know, try to figure out how to accomplish something. 
you know, and I did. And, you know, I knew I didn't want to stay where I was. I didn't want to have the lifestyle my mom kind of gave me um, moving around from place to place to place. So I knew I could control that. Uh, and now I got to figure out once I figured out teaching was not going to be a, a, a way of life because number one, there was hardly any jobs. And even though I loved coaching and that was the real reason I was doing the health and phys ed because I wanted to coach. But um, I decided, you know, I can use my four year degree and get into other areas like business. So I got into management and worked for several uh, grocery stores in the beginning and did management um, store managers and stuff like that. I got promoted and moved up. And then from management, I went into sales and worked for uh, several companies, uh, Coca-Cola um, and pharma- uh, later pharmaceutical before that, Philip Morris and, and just different jobs. So then I got into pharmaceutical sales, which was my last job I had before we started the company. But you always got to look around at what's your situation. Is your job good? Is your job secure? I mean, you never know what's going to happen. That's why they say you know, starting a business is scary. How do you do that? So it is what well, it is. But companies lay people off all the time. People get fired. You, you know, jobs are not always here today that were here yesterday. So I learned that growing up. So it took away some of my fear of I'm taking a risk by starting a company. Well, you're taking a risk every day. You know, uh, Brooke, you work for a great company. And, you know, I know a lot of people work for great companies and pharmaceuticals are great companies and stuff, but they don't always stick around. They don't always keep you hired. They lay people off and you don't know when that's, that's maybe not because of anything you did. That's just a business decision that somebody says, we gotta, we gotta do this. So just always keep that in mind. And, um, uh, don't be afraid to take chances. You're taking a chance every day you go to work because they may say, don't come back tomorrow. And it may not be anything that you did, but they may say it. So be ready for it. Always keep your resume ready to go. Always be ready for those uh, interview questions. Um, and the, the best advice. So as we, as you go through life and as we go through life, Always be prepared to lose your job. <laughs> Do it. And always be prepared for your company to go broke. Because it's going to. Eventually, shit, things are going to happen. So you got to be ready for it. Um, and you got to be, you can just, it's, whatever, you'll be fine. You'll be fine tomorrow. And and I have been, and, I, and I've been fired from a job before. And uh, different things have happened. I Like I said, my degree was not the best decision, maybe. But I loved it. I thought it was a good idea, and I got through it. But I used that four-year degree to make a, make a great life for myself and my kids because I got great jobs. And all I would have to do is have that degree a lot of times to allow me to interview. And once I got the interview, I didn't always get the job. But... I was preparing myself for the next interview and the next one and the next one. And when they would say no, it hurt. I didn't like it, but I didn't care. I just kept going because I don't take no for an answer. Maybe that's we were said, Brooke, that's where you get it. But I just always kept going and working on my, working on my, uh, keeping records of all the accomplishments, accomplishments I've ever made and my brag book and, and, and making sure that I have everything ready to go just in case something happens. The other thing I always did, or I started doing as I got older and later in life is I started practicing those questions that, that they ask you in interviews. And they're hard questions, but they're all pretty similar. They're going to give you a time. They're going to say, tell me about a time or tell me about something or tell me. And 
They're going to ask them every time they're going to ask them. And they're going to sound different, but they're going to be the same question. And I always had four or five, six answers ready to go. Once I got good at this, that I can say, yeah, there was one time there was a, a sales contest and I wasn't doing very good. And uh, so I started doing this other thing and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but it worked. So you, you, you're going to get these questions in life um, and you got to be ready for them. And if you don't practice them, I practiced them. It's not going to sound real. And if it's not real, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't make stuff up. But you're going to have things in your life, Brooke, you do, I'm mm -hmm. sure. And you could say, oh, yeah, I did get an award for that. Oh, yeah, I did beat everybody in my office for that competition. Oh, yeah, I did outsell everybody. Oh, yeah, I was top of my class because I did this special thing that the teacher thought was special. I don't know. You've got it. You just got to you got to figure it out and you got to keep a track of it. You got to write it down. And when somebody asks you, tell me about a time, and bam, you, you throw it at them. And you say, so here's how I started. And, and be honest and just tell them how it went. Um, and, and be, but you know where you're taking them. You're taking them to success because you're successful. And, and you're going to start out with this is where we started. And this is where I ended. And this is what it took along the way. And this is what they, in an interview, what they want to hear. Where did you end up? Why did you do it? Well, my boss told me to do it. No, no, that's not what you're saying. You're going to say, because I took the initiative to do it. And if you don't take the initiative, to, you can't lie. But if you did, then say it and be proud of yourself. Be arrogant somewhat because you should be. You're good. Um, and then the last thing, Brooke, I'm going to throw it in here because I always do. <laughs> uh, she, she didn't ask, but the one thing I, I learned a great question to an interview at the end of the interview, every time I get done with an interview, they would say, do you have any questions? And I, <laughs> I think Brooke knew I was going to say that. <laughs> and, I, and I would say, well, yeah, I do. And if you want to ask them about vacation, go ahead. If you want to ask them about what's the next step, go ahead. But the, the last thing you want to always ask them, or somewhere in that whole process is, well, based on everything we've talked about and everything you've seen on my resume, and everything you've heard during all these interviews or this interview and everything in my brag book, is there any reason why you would not want me to go to the next level or to that job that you're opening or that training or whatever it is they're looking to hire you for? And, and, and just put it back on them. And, and maybe they'll say, well, yeah, we got to hire more or we got to interview more people. Okay. But at least you said it and you got it in there. And you're like, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to hire me? Is basically what I'm asking. Based on everything you've heard. Because I'm confident. I, I'm giving you a good shot here. Now, there may be better. There's better people out there all the time. But I'm giving you, basically, this is my A game. So if you want to see me at my best, you just did. And I'm going to close you with that comment. Based on everything we've talked about, can you think of any reason why you wouldn't want to hire me? And that's what I use. It works. A lot of times it does. Not always. And no, Dad, I can't think of any reason why I wouldn't want to hire you <laughs> after that. Um, and, you know, and honestly, I have used that question. And I remember my dad telling me that when I was having job interviews for college, even just like my college jobs and everything and my internships. And I did all kinds of interviews um, throughout school and everything. 
And, you know, even if like, it was even like a club that I was trying to join um, at school and can you, it was kind of like an exclusive organization. Can you think of any reason why I wouldn't fit this position in this organization, you know? And, um, that's, that's, I've really used that in real life. And I'll tell you, A, it kind of stuns them. It kind of like, it's like, whoa, like, did this person really just ask that? And if you're a young person, you know, it's really kind of shocking because a lot of people, they don't expect that, especially from a younger person that's not as experienced as maybe somebody in their mid thirties or mid forties or fifties, you know? And, um, that's also something that I have, I've gotten both ends of the spectrum. So I've gotten, no, I can't think of any reason. And then I got the job. <laughs> um, and I've also had where, oh yeah, you know, we got to interview a couple people and okay. And it's like, okay, you know, it's you, you take the good with the bad. Like he said, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I really have had it work for me. And I've also told that to other people too. I've told that to my friends um, and my coworkers throughout college, same thing. And I, I believe that it's helped them also. And um, so, you know, I really hope that you guys have listened and learned a lot from this man because he, I've learned so much and I can't wait to continue learning from him just every day. And even though I do live far away, it really, um, it, I, I learn from him every time I see him and it, it never goes away. And so I hope you guys have also kind of taken that inspiration and that momentum and even if it's if it's entrepreneurship for you I hope you've internalized that section of things if it's you know your next career move your next job your next position I hope you've internalized that and even just life lessons along the way about how to be smart and savvy and I truly believe that I wouldn't have gotten to where I was um, or where I am now if it wasn't for some of these lessons that I've learned from my dad so um, if you if you know us, you know us kind of as the dynamic duo. We're thick as thieves, closer than ever. You know, it's it's been him and I since I don't know. I was probably nine years old, and we've. If you know me, you know him, and <laughs> there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And sometimes my friends. They, they like him better than me. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'll like invite him to places and they'll be like, hey, when's your dad coming back? And like, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. They just want to hang out with my dad. <laughs> and if you know him, you know the same thing. You know, he was he was the ultimate cheer dad growing up. He stood beside a sign that said mom's a tip city, even though he wasn't a mom of tip city. He was he was a dad of tip city and he was there. And, you know, he was the at every cheerleading game, every football game, every basketball game, even if he had to show up driving an ambulance, he was there, damn it. <laughs> Maybe he was there in his in his EMT clothes. Maybe he was there. You know, he had to leave a few minutes early to go make a run. Maybe he showed up. Yeah, ambulance and all. But he was there. And that's something that, you know, I, I really love and I admire about my dad, as you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I thank you guys for listening and, um, hopefully this isn't the first time or the only time that he's on this podcast because I'd love to have him back. And like I said before, I kind of, I told him I wanted him to be on the podcast. I asked him to be on it. He said, yes, but I didn't give him the subject. So maybe next time I'll give him the subject because, but he did this one really, really well. And I kind of did that on purpose because I wanted it to be, you know, straight from the heart. Just like if I was sitting here talking to him, asking him questions as I've always done. So 
Um, long story short, you know, he's he's the best, the man, the myth, the legend. You know him, you love him, and I I love him too. So, Dad, you got any closing remarks about the Millennial Guide? Nothing. No, he says thanks. Can you think of any reason why you would not want to come back on this podcast? Based on everything you've heard, based on everything you've listened to, is there any reason you would not want to come back? No, I'd be honored to. And that's a great ending there, Brooke. You always turn it around. But, you know, you do a good job. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm proud. Um, I know people who listen and, and I'm like, what in the world is my daughter doing now? What is this? And, um, but wow, Brooke, look at you. And I'm so, I'm so glad you are doing it. I think it can be very helpful. Um, you did benefit from, in my situation, my, my life experience, but you were the only kid here. You know what I mean? The other kids, uh, kind of saw some of it, but if they don't live with me, they don't, I'm going to get that. So it's nice you're sharing something that could help somebody else. They didn't get this opportunity. And, um, you know, you, I hope they use it. I, you know, I hope you continue to do this podcast and, yeah, I'd love to come back. Drop the mic, baby. We're ending it here. I hope you guys have a great night, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.